Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman joining you here on a Tuesday morning. We are so happy to be with you. Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. We always appreciate all of our listeners, especially the servicemen and women who take care of us out there. And I want to give a very special shout-out to a serviceman today. I think Joel has done that uh, in the past. I'm going to do it uh, today. Uh, one of our Super Talk family, Jared Bounds, he's one of our pr- great producers. Uh, he uh, is is leaving Super Talk to take. He, he's been with the military, you know, been in and out, and now has taken. He got a promotion to sergeant uh, in the United States Army, and he's headed to a full time career in the military. So, wow, want to give a, a very special shout out to the captain. That's that's his nickname at Super Talk. He's he is a sergeant, but we call him the captain. Uh, <laughs> but he's he's moving on. And leaving us, so we want to give him a very special shout out. We're going to miss him. Good, great guy, great guy. You're talking about a guy that if you call him, like, hey, can you do this? I mean, he may have it done before the phone calls over. He he he's very well suited to the military personality. He does things expeditiously, which we'll use that word. So and above all else, I mean, if you're in the military, you're basically saying I'm willing to die for you. Yeah. So uh, great guy, great guy. You don't get much higher than that. Yeah. So good luck to him. Hope he's safe. But more importantly, we're very proud of him. Here at Super Talk. Uh, also, want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Those guys, you know, the holidays are coming up. You can still get great products from Strange Brew Coffee House, and you should do that because I know somebody in your house likes coffee. Somebody does. Their, may, their name may be Joel T. Coleman. Yeah. If, yeah. If, there, if, there's definitely somebody there's on, at on, least on your one, podcast right now that likes it. There's somebody on the, in, who, who might be listening, and, it's their name, and they're in the same household as Joel T. Coleman. I'm just trying to drop some hints here. He might like some, some coffee. You know, you say that. Mm hmm. You're not wrong, because the other day I got in my wife's car. She was listening to us. She, I, I really didn't think she listened. That's fantastic. I, I, I honestly did not think she listened. And, well, uh, that makes one of our wives So, uh, anyway, she was listening. So, I, I don't know that she listens to every episode, but my homecoming queen listens to me. So there I, you I, go. I, I, I got to watch what I say. You do. You do. Because there's been a couple of times. All uh, you ever do is talk about how lovely she is and how sweet and how you'd be lost without her. So that's what uh, I, That's what I remember hearing. Yeah. That's exactly everything that I've ever said, for exactly. sure. Exactly. So, well, like we always said, if you love anything as much as you love your wife, make it Strange Brew Coffee House <laughs> and churn and spoon ice cream. And also, College Corner. Again, you know, this with well, Christmas is just days away now, guys. If you're in the Jackson area and you, you've got a Bulldog fan or a Rebel or a Golden Eagle or a Tiger or a, a Titer, an Elephant, whatever they want to call themselves, a Gump, isn't that the term? <laughs> a Barner, whatever. Go check out the good folks over at College Corner, one of their two locations in Ridgeland and Flowood by Fleet Feet or Half Shell, uh, respectively. Or just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Check out their great selection of MSU merchandise, and you can find the deal and the the, the, the look that you're looking for uh, at College Corner. All right. We are, as we're recording, two weeks to the day away from Mississippi State versus Louisville uh, in the Music City Bowl. First and foremost, first bit of news coming out of this game is that Louisville's All-American uh, all left tackle, Makai Becton, has declared for the NFL draft he will not be playing. This is a guy that I checked a couple of websites, had one of the top three or four offensive linemen available in this draft. So that's a big, big loss for Louisville and for Mississippi State defensively. You know, We'll talk to defensive players tomorrow, but guys like Chauncey Rivers and Kobe Jones, Marquis Spencer, that's a, that's a big plus for them, uh, somebody who will not be there to protect uh, the Louisville offensive line. So that's a that's a big thing for Mississippi State. On the other side of it, we got to talk to Kylan Hill tonight. And you asked the question that was sort of on everybody's mind. And I'll let you set it up. Well, I, 
it, it's kind of funny, and you can go back and watch Brian's video on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. At, at Sports Talk Miss. There you go, right there, on the Twitters. And uh, David Murray, I believe it was, asked him the, the question about, did he, did he think about setting the um, the single-season rushing record at State? Is that something he thinks about? And, and he... He said no at the time. He's like, I, I, my teammates bring it up to me every now and then. And uh, But the way he kind of left it, I, I was just like, is that part of the reason you're coming back to play this bowl game? To, to be a, And he's, his exact words were, yeah, I got to have that. So, I don't know. I enjoy having a guy that doesn't mind admitting that I want to be at the top of the record book. And uh, Kylan Hill's honesty with that, I just I – don't, I don't know. It was one of the uh, – one of the neat moments, I think, of, of his career to, to kind of... Kylan's usually kind of measured in what he says to us. He's real soft-spoken and things. But he kind of lit up with that answer. Yeah. And it was kind of obvious that, yeah, he, he wants to, to surpass Booby Dixon and, and take that mantle as the single-season rushing king at Mississippi State. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it would be apropos for a kid from the Golden Triangle area to, to stay at home and to play at Mississippi State and then to sit at the top of that 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 ranking, you know, he's 45 yards away, I believe, is yeah. the exact number he needs to, to break the record. And uh, I, I think that that would be a, a testament to how talented he's been. And, and uh, I don't know, I, I just like seeing honesty out of the players that I cover. And I think that was a brutally honest moment that he wanted to take that record. There are a lot of players who would have just been like, oh, no, it doesn't play anything. It's just an honor, blah, blah, blah. No, no, not Colin Hill. Yeah. And I like that. You're right. That's what I want. It's so it's so tough for these guys to sort of walk the line between they don't want to act like cocky and arrogant, right? But they also we don't want them to be these bland coach speak, you know, cliche machines. Like Jalen Hurts, man, he's turned into Nick Saban up there at Oklahoma. He's talking yeah. about rat poison and you can't get anything out of him. Which you know, credit to Nick Saban, and you know that's part of the winning mindset up there. That's how they do things. That's fine. But at the same time, you know, you want your athletes to have a little color to them. You know, yeah. be, be a little entertaining. Senior year, Dak Prescott was another guy that had you turned into, into coach speak central. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, you might as well just replayed Mullen's answers uh, from the press conference when when, uh, when Dak Prescott talked. Um, and yeah, I mean, and he's still sort of that way. Like, if you look at his Twitter, it's just retweets of his corporate sponsors. I yeah. mean, you are never going to get a real opinion. The only way you're getting a real opinion out of Dak Prescott is if you are friends with Dak Prescott. <laughs> I, I, I got one one time. One time. I asked him if he was a Saints fan, and he said, blank no. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was not. Yeah. And, I was like, and I looked at him, and I was like, aren't you from Louisiana? You're from Louisiana. He's like, no, nah, I'm, 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 no, we're Cowboys fans. So I was like... <laughs> Okay, well, I, I can live with that. Yeah, he he wasn't real coach speaky uh, yesterday. Whenever he was talking about the, the coin flip thing, I'm going to uh, defer to talk about that. I don't. They asked him what he said. Did you see that press conference? Like, I didn't see that. What all did you say, Dak? And he said, well, I said a lot because <laughs> you know he he did. He was like, uh, we we want to kick, we want to do this way, and then he said defer somewhere in there, and yeah. he talked. Uh, he's like, yeah, I, I, I love said how a lot. the NFL can uh, make that 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 happen, but you know. NFC Championship game, most clear and obvious penalty of all time. Nothing we can do about that. <laughs> but long story, I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> long story short, I, I'm patting Kylan Hill on the back here because it is so cool to have genuine moments from your athletes. And uh, I, I felt that was one of, of Kylan's genuine moments. He, he is a guy that, that wants to be the single-season rushing king at Mississippi State. Yeah. And you can appreciate that. I, I yeah, mean, I just, absolutely. I like hearing a guy say, I want that. Uh you know, and I don't think that is a cocky thing. That that's just a, a who wouldn't want that? You know, so uh, neat moment for Kylan. Um, I thought we had a, a few neat moments on, on on Monday night, and 
I, I here later on, I'm going to kind of recap Garrett Schrader's career and things in, in an article that I'm writing. But you got to recap I, all all seven games. Well, I'm just going to kind of t- not just about the games, but just is he in going general, somewhere? Because I uh, I want to just. It's kind of a recap slash look ahead to what maybe the future of Mississippi State football there with Garrett Schrader. Yeah. But w- was asking Daryl Williams about uh, about Garrett tonight and in his development and another genuine moment. But Daryl was talk- telling us about a, a time in the huddle where uh, Garrett kind of spoke up and told Daryl to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, uh, you got a tr- you got a true freshman there telling a, a senior and Daryl Williams to shut his mouth, kind of thing, and. Daryl's next comment was, you know what, I listened to him too. Yeah. Uh, that, that That's such a little bitty antidote, but it, it just kind of allows you to know the leadership capabilities of a, a guy in Garrett Schrader that's going to be guiding this program over the next I few years. I honestly wasn't that surprised to hear that, though, to be totally honest with you. From what I've learned of Schrader, he is a natural leader. Yeah. He, he is a guy that people sort of rally around. Joe Moorhead told us that. He said, you know, the whole recruiting process, the one thing I was never worried about was his confidence. You know, he was a guy that, I mean, he was ready to take him up to Penn State and play, you know, and no offense to Mississippi State, but Penn State tends to play more high-stakes games than Mississippi State does, and he was perfectly willing to put him into that situation. So, um, Well, there's a few things about Garrett Schrader that I think we've seen in his personality that allows you to see that he has the capabilities to be a leader. And that is, one, he's accountable. I don't think there's been a time since he's been made available by the by media relations stuff that we've ever requested him that he didn't come. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe there was a time where like he was hurt, and if players are hurt, generally they're not going to send them. But right. there's never been a time, and multiple players do this throughout the year. Some of them do it all year long, where they say, "I ain't talking to the media." Well, Garrett Schrader, to my knowledge, any time that the coaching staff and media relations has allowed him to be available, he's come. I yeah. mean, so that that to me shows accountability not everybody yeah and not everybody not every quarterback is like that no um and so i think you see that with him some accountability another thing with leaders is you can't be afraid to you know face criticism or whatever and garrett schrader if nothing else that that dude's his own man yeah, very and much. And doesn't really give a crap if you like it or don't. I no. mean, he, he shows up up there. What, what, he, well, he, uh, that's, uh, that was. Um, could you go, just go ahead and say it? Make me happy. <laughs> the best thing going. Yeah, that's today. right. Uh, that was completely intentional, by the way. I know. Um, but to show up, up the, at the interview room wearing your Daisy Dukes or whatever the heck he had on back <laughs> a month or two ago, you remember that yeah. day? I didn't care. Didn't I mean, care. had on his cutoff jorts up to his. I can't wait to see that guy in the left field lounge. He'll be out there. Now, I don't know if he'll have any baseball water on him or anything like that, but he, he you're going to see him around. I, I, just, I just get that feeling. I mean, and he's going to get mom. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if he can figure it out and, and, and MSU can get some wins behind him, he can, he can be the next Dak. He can be the next true iconic guy at Mississippi State. Yeah. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast before, but he just. We talked the other day about coaches that would fit at Mississippi State. I think that was a rumblings question. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. who would be a a guy that you would look at and say, you know, he is exactly what Mississippi State is kind of thing. Well, Garrett Schrader may be a North Carolina guy, but, man, I've said it before, he's just a dude that you could be in a boat fishing with. I mean, he, he yeah. just fits right in. Um, I agree. I, and I feel like people, particularly if the wins come, because that, that's the bottom line here, not just for Garrett, but with Joe Moorhead and all the frustration. Wins make everybody fit in, but, I mean, if, if Garrett Schrader – he has the capability, man, to just 
like you said, be, be that Dak level star here. I agree. These those two guys, Kylan Hill and Garrett Schrader, they look like they should be poised for a big game. Louisville is not not a good run defense. No, uh, Kentucky just with a quarterback that what what there was he, a, he cannot throw the football. <laughs> so they lined up and Louisville they basically did what we always like to hear like. They told them what was coming and dared them to stop it, and Louisville could not it's do it. It's kind of like that Egg Bowl in Oxford a couple years ago with Nick. And, that is a very good analogy. Basically, like, we're just going to run the football ad nauseum. I mean, even in that game, State threw the ball like 17 times. I think Kentucky threw it twice. I mean, you know, Bear Bryant circa 1954, that was his game plan, basically. And and they, they and not only were they, did they win easily, they rushed for nearly 500 yards. So, if I'm Joe Moorhead, I mean, this is going to be a pretty simple game. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> guest offensive coordinator Rich Rodriguez might be pretty welcome on this one because I'm just saying that this, this shouldn't be a situation where they throw the ball more than 15 times. They should be able to have success running the football against this team. And we talked to Darrell Williams tonight. Didn't really get into the, the, the bowl game so much with him, but at the end of the day, he, you know, this is the kind of game he's going to want to play in. A a team where a state is just grinding the football and grinding out an opponent. That's what that's what should happen in this game. <sighs> Do you get cute with it though? No, trying. you don't. <laughs> I'm not saying do you. Don't speak I, it I, into existence. I guess I did say do you, but can you trust that Mississippi State won't get cute with it? No. I can't. Even. <laughs> no. Uh you but would it, for we talked about this on yesterday's show. For just the feeling good about the future, yeah. you'd like to see a couple of deep balls hit in this game. Well, I mean, it depends on who they're hitting to, though. I mean, if they hit the Dedrick Thomas, I don't, I don't really, don't really care. Yeah. But I mean, it'd be good for the win. But you know, but honestly, if I just saw a game where State ran the ball fifty-five times for for four hundred and seventy-five yards, I will. I would be perfectly content. Joe's got to get Osiris 150 yards or so in this game, so he can happen. so he can hit that 500 yard mark that he promised us back in July or whenever. But are you gonna are you gonna if, if it comes up short, are you gonna be in the press conference? Joe, once again, you have lied to us. <laughs> you lied to us after the Abilene Christian game, and now this. How do we trust you going forward? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, friend. Um, this this game though. Look at it from an offensive perspective. You know, it really does seem to play into what Mississippi State is good at, and that's running the football with Kylan Hill and Garrett Schrader. Um, I, I, I fully expect Schrader to be the starting quarterback. The fact that Stevens didn't come up tonight, I don't even know that anybody requested him. Uh, tends to make me believe that you know. And I, I, I don't normally feel bad for people in, in sports, but you can't help but feel a little bad with Tommy Stevens. It, it just didn't work out the way he wanted it to. He showed you some flashes that he could have been a really, really effective quarterback for Mississippi State, but just could not stay healthy. Um, I don't know what his his future holds, but he, he's a good guy. You know, I enjoyed covering him this year. Garrett, um, Garrett speaks highly of him. Which yeah. Garrett, I don't guess I realized this until tonight, but Garrett was saying that they they've known each other for right four or five years because he was being recruited to yeah. Penn State. So when he would visit Penn State, he would meet with Tommy Stevens. Yeah. So yeah, that that relationship was able to continue down here. That was a very interesting little sidebar. Uh, for sure, um, but yeah, Steven, it, it's just you know it didn't work out the way you wanted to. But I think the Garrett Schrader era, and, th- and like you sort of said, there's a lot of similarities between this year and with what happened with Tyler Russell in 2013. 
you know, Tyler just couldn't stay healthy. You had the, the future of Dak, and you saw some of those great flashes. And then he went out in that bowl game, like we talked about on yesterday's show, and just was so dominant that you knew he was going to be the guy going forward. Here's the difference, though. Okay. I, get ready, folks, that like to accuse us of being doom and gloom on this show. I'm usually a sunshine pumper. Doom whatever, now and that. gloom. I, I, I just like to live in reality and, and, and look at both sides. Yeah, there's a chance Garrett Schrader's, well, you, heck, I just said a while ago, he may end up being the next Dak. But there's also a chance that he's just set up to fail here, man. Like, okay. no Kylan, no Nick Gibson. Who knows what Kareem Walker, Lee Weatherspoon, the backfield is going to do. We've already seen there's, at this juncture, there's no humongous fate that the receiving core is going to take a great step forward in the right. future. Like, you just kind of worry. I guess my worry, if I'm a State fan, if you want to worry about the Garrett Schrader era, is that he's just kind of set up to fail because there's no pieces around him. The best thing that Schrader has going for him is that State has recruited really well on the offensive line like the past two classes. Yeah. So he should have a good group in front of him. Um, and you just have to, I guess, pray that Javante Payton takes a step forward. You have to pray yeah. that Malik Heath comes in and that he is otherworldly, whereas a lot of Juco receivers you just can't count on. That, that's the thing that kills me about MSU and, and the passing game is that just, you, you just need to be good. Just good. If, if, if Malik Heath has 37 catches – for 519 yards and five touchdowns. That's better year. than anything they've had in four that's years. That's perfect. You're going to be okay. You know, that's fine. That's what you got to have. It doesn't have to be Malik Heath. It has to be somebody, though. Yeah. You know, you need to have, of your top three receivers, they need to be over 1,000 yards. You don't have to get a 1,000-yard receiver, but can three guys give you 1,000 yards? Then you're going to be okay. And really, in reality, one of them needs to be at 500, and the other two can be whatever. But you need to have that. I don't know if State's going to have it or not. But I will say that we didn't know that. You know, we, we thought Deronio Wilson was going to be good, but we didn't know that he was going to develop the way that he did. We didn't know. And Fred Ross sort of blossomed him, and we didn't know that that was going to happen. Um, Josh Robinson, I think we had seen some flashes from him. You knew he was going to be pretty good, but didn't know he was going to be a thousand yard rusher the next year. But you knew you had Dak. And, and a, a good quarterback is going to elevate everybody else, too. So, you know, if Schrader can just continue on the path that he's on, he's going to be, it's going to be good enough, I think. You know, and talking to Kyle and mentioning that, he had a lot of confidence in Kareem Walker and Lee Witherspoon taking over for him next year. He said that, you know, with him and Nick Gibson leaving, he didn't feel like we would notice that anybody was gone. Yeah. And which, I, is, which is, now we're getting into a little bit more of the coach speaky kind of, of athlete response, but. You know, he at least expressed some confidence there. You know, I mean, you, you, <laughs> I, I appreciate Kylan in that instance saying the politically correct. I don't know politically correct way to say it, but saying the like you said, coachy speak correct thing to say. But when you're talking about replacing the guy that's most likely going to be the single season rushing leader, in Mississippi State, you're going to be able to tell Kylan Hill's not here. Like, no, I, I, agree. I just I can't see Kareem Walker, even if he's good and. and you know, he can rush for 1,000 yards, whatever. I mean, State may be fine in the running back. This isn't a knock on Kareem or, or Lee Witherspoon or, or Marks if he comes in and, and play, whatever. This isn't a knock on any of those guys, but I find it hard to believe that any of them are going to come in and top what Kylan's done this year. So, yeah, I think you'll, you'll notice a little drop-off. Yeah. I, I think you just have to expect. Unless Kareem Walker is something that we are not we don't really expect. Now, yeah. If he comes out and rushes for 1,200, I mean, it, it's sports. Hurt. Surprises happen. They do happen. So, I was not surprised uh, today – Talk, well, we're going to really switch gears here, but uh, not surprised at all to see Mississippi State in the uh, first uh, college baseball poll of the uh, season, the collegiate baseball poll, at number six. Uh, I think this is going to be a top ten team. I think this is a team that's going to be uh, in the uh, in back in Omaha. I- I'm saying it now. 
think that's an Omaha team. Um, you before the show were saying that you think they're going to be good, but are you you're not sure that they're top ten? Is that, is that basically what you were saying? In my mind, I have them. I mean, you, you're basically saying you think they're a national seed type team, right? Yeah. And I think that at least right now, as we sit here, I think my concerns over the fact that you don't know what you're getting out of your number two and three starters on the weekend. I mean, you, you feel you feel like you got potential there, of course, with McLeod and with Sarantola. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're getting there. Um, you don't really know who's starting in the midweek. The bullpen situation is in flux, as it was a year ago, too. I, I fully admit that we didn't really know what the bullpen situation. And was we didn't be know who was starting Saturday, Sunday, and, last and it, year. Wor- it all worked out last year. Um. Well, I, you, I kind of think you knew who was going to start on Saturday. Just well, you, you, you didn't know what you were going to get, get out of him. Yeah. Um, but all those concerns have me at a point to where I think this is a a regional host team, like mm-hmm. a top 16 level team. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm at the point yet with all the question marks there of, of, of pitching mm-hmm. that I can say – I think this team is dead set, you know, national seed, no doubt, lock it up kind of thing. I'm not saying that they're bad. Don't misunderstand me. I just – I have enough concerns that I don't think I would quite put them in the top six. I think I would have them more in the 12 to 15 range. That may be even too low. The 10 to to 12 range maybe for me. Here's where I like this team. Right now, if if I'm filling out lineup card day one and I'm going to go Jordan, Westberg, uh – Allen, Foscue, that's my one through four. Who's better than that in America? Uh, it's fair, fair and point. And then, you know, five, six, seven is probably some combination of Hatcher, uh, Hancock, and Landon Jordan. I mean, I feel really good about hitting. Yeah, which, I mean, there's no guarantee. I've heard Lamonis a couple times now talk a good bit about uh, – Cameron James. Cameron James. There, I, but I feel so good. I, I don't know that Landon will, if he beats out Landon Jordan, it means he's good. I, I think you're going to see all those guys actually. Yeah, until they figure but, it out, which is what they did last year. They sort yeah. of played around, and then finally Marshall Gilbert got control of that and, and and was good the whole year. But those top four guys are, I mean, every trip through the order, at least they're getting at least a couple RBI out of that. They just are. So, and then I, you know, I fully, I have full faith in Ginn as the Friday night guy. And I know from a talent standpoint that Sarantola and, and is going to be great. It's just can he, you know, unlock that potential? If he does, and I, I don't see any reason. If Scott Foxhall is a really good pitching coach, he did a great job with the staff last year. I mean, you think about a guy like Jarrett Liebelt, who the year before was the human white flag, and he turned him into one of the best relievers in yeah. the SEC. Um, well, Sarantola's issue is just he can walk the park, right? I mean, if, so if he can just, harness his control, then he's going to be he's going to be a potential I mean, first round pick. Last year, there were a lot of times where he didn't throw. I think I'm using a John Cohenism here a little bit. Uh, he didn't throw competitive pitches. Yeah, like that is a John Cohenism. Yeah, like he didn't. He he was so far out of the zone that nobody in the batter's box was even thinking that maybe something I might want to offer at. Like you and I could have laid off some of that junk. You yeah, know? it's it, it, it's he he has to harness that. And I, if he I'm can, ripping and rip it. I don't, I don't lay off. You're, you're you're like Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, huh? can't yeah. can't hit your way off the island. He yeah. always said. Yeah, uh, or no, can't walk your way off the island. Exactly. You, know, you got to swing at everything. Um. But no, Sarantola's just got to harness it a little bit. But I think you will. He can. I think I you mean, saw a little bit of that towards the end he, of the season. He is last first year. round material if you, he harnesses. You that. saw some of that at the end of the season in the SEC tournament. He had a good outing. He had a good outing in Omaha. Uh, I think he. I think he's going to be fine. And then Christian McLeod's a guy that everybody thought was going to start last season and just got sick and couldn't do it. So I, I, I you know, 
to me, the biggest question isn't the, the starting rotation. It's, it's like you said, it's the bullpen. I just don't know who is Cole Gordon. I don't know who is the guy who comes in with six outs to go and, okay, we're good, take him down. You know, that's the guy who's got to show up. Yeah. And, but when uh, he does, and he, they've recruited too well to, to not have a guy there. Yeah. Uh, and there's where, like Brandon Smith, he may have been a midweek starter. Who knows? But we there was talk that he could have been like a closer, too. Yeah. Brandon Smith is a big that, loss. That, 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 that hurts this team. No, a no lot of flexibility that you would have had there. But so. uh, I don't know. I, I trust the coaching staff, and I trust the recruiting, and I trust the talent that's on this team. Mm-hmm. It's just that the margin for error in baseball, here I am using a Joe Moorheadism now. You're just all over. It's so small that I don't know that I right now today trust that six is where I would put them. Like I said, I think it's more of that ten to twelve, maybe thirteen, fourteen even right. Like I do think that they are a regional host team. But to to have them as a top six team right now, I think is I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say a little bit premature until I, I see after a few weeks see see if the bullpen issues are settled see if uh, Christian McLeod Eric Sarantola do look like you know they they've got that that weekend rotation kind of yeah. locked down a little bit because that's another thing like before Brandon Smith got hurt we kind of had four options there to plug three holes on the weekend right now if if one of those uh, <laughs> if one of those options falls off like if Sarantola's control is off. Mm-hmm. Who's that number three starter? Then it's somebody you know? we're not talking about then. But I mean, I'm not saying that that guy's not on the roster because obviously there's a ton of talent on that roster. They've got but. they've got talent though. Yeah, they, they, they'll find those guys. You know, I mean, they, they it took them a little while last year to find the Sunday guy, but when they found him, he was he was lights out. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a sort of similar situation this year. I like this team. I like the baseball team. Oh, I like them too. I don't misunderstand anything. And part that of it I'm is saying. it's sort of weird, but for a guy who's you know he's only been there for one year and. He, you know, he he inherited a tremendous, tremendous team. I just got a lot of faith in Lamonis. He just his his, uh, what sort of looking for? His personality is just right for what he has right now. Now it might change like next year when you're trying to because I you know, Westberg, Rowdy Jordan, Foscue, Allen probably all gone, probably gonna be drafted and go, probably NJT again too. Next year is going to be the transition year. Oh, there's no doubt that Ginn and probably Westberg, for sure, or those two, I, They'll be first th- this will be their last year at Mississippi I State. Think all three, I think all those guys are gone. Yeah, the rest of them maybe too. Tanner Allen is a guy that I might could see back. He could be the a, Mangum who just decides he likes it here and wants to stay one more year. Yeah, and, and, and two, I mean, not that I don't think Tanner Allen is a really, really good baseball player, <laughs> but he's kind of in that – to me, that Elijah McNamee mold a little bit is there's not that one tool – that right. that every scout's gonna drool over. But that's like said, he's a solid player. He could and that, he could have a big hitting year this year. He could change that. He could that narrative a little bit. He could. So, but anyway, and that's not to say that Tanner Allen can't get drafted highly either. He yeah. could get drafted highly and go. But I, I'm saying of, of that, I don't know. Rowdy could Rowdy be a guy too that maybe he's about? I, who knows? Who who knows how this all play out? I think Westberg again for sure. If you if you made me Westberg start making are, are th- sure. those two and Foscue. Foscue yeah, Foscue because. Too. There are no second basemen that has that pop, hitting the power like that in MLB. And I I saw, was it the MLB pop line thing the other day that kind of made the JT Kent come? Jeff Kent, Jeff Kent, not JT Kent. What am I? I combined JT Ginn and Jeff Kent there. I thought you might have done two giants there. You had JT Snow and Jeff Kent going there. (laughs) They made the Jeff Kent comparison a little bit with Foscue. Um, That's high praise. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So anyway, if you can't tell, I'm pumped for opening day coming up February. It's not. 
to tell your wife, you know, we're not having a we're not having a date this year. We got my dates with uh with JT Ginn on uh on that night. Well, that's that's a is it a Friday? Friday yeah. night? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, honey. I love baseball for I loved her. She's listening. Why would you say something like that? I'll tell her that to her face and she'd admit it. She'd admit it. There's no I mean she 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 knows she knows who came first. Uh, that's true. That's true. All right. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings. Uh so plenty to talk about. And of course, we weren't we're not gonna do too much National Signing Day preview because we're going to do a lot of National Signing Day talk on National Signing Day. Plus, we also set up, just like we did last year, we will be talking to Joe Moorhead uh, on the show uh, on Signing Day. So we will have him... Uh, a Thunder and Lightning exclusive. Exclusive. This winter, Joe Moorhead <laughs> is Signing Day. We need like a, whether it's CNN or Fox News, the, the, Fox, the, the this alert. This is Thunder and Lightning. Well, I was just thinking more like the... Boom! Exclusive, whatever. I well, like when you hear like an ESPN, like the yeah, little, the, the sound. We should, we should have, we, a little push alert is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, we still need a show intro too. We're, we're working on that. We're working on that. All right. So tomorrow, get the rumblings, questions in. Anything you want to talk about, we'll be happy to talk about it. Wednesday is going to be an interesting day because you not only have nationally signed national signing day, but you have MSU basketball that night. The so, final weather spoonless game. Yeah, I mean that's something worth talking about. So we'll hit we'll hit all those topics this week. One and then just good looking ahead to next week, giving you guys a little heads up. Ah, uh, let's see. We'll have a show on twenty third and on Christmas Eve. We might have a Christmas Day show. We might do a show Christmas Eve for Christmas Day. But then after that, we're gonna take a couple of days off. Uh, I will actually be traveling down to uh, see my my family, and we just won't be here to do shows. Simple as that. So we'll make it happen. And then of course the week after that, with the, the bowl game and all that, we'll have as much coverage as we uh, we possibly can. For Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.